0: I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. We
1: do and Creepy Christmas. Yay! When this episode airs, it will be 3 days to Christmas Eve. No, to Christmas, not Oh my god.
0: Oh. <laughs> We're not ready. <laughs> We're not ready. No. It's fine. It's fine.
1: Whatever. But I have a joke for you. I'm ready. Knock knock. Who's there? Twenty twenty. <laughs> That's the joke. Twenty twenty is like a whole joke. Yep, yeah, you win. No, that was that was awful. It, I just, you win though. I just it's been a week and I did not have time to pull a joke. It's fine. My whole like, existence. Is that a was a really joke. good joke though because it's true. No, my whole life is a joke. That's the real funny joke. <laughs> I am
0: so there with you. This um, is this is why we're kindred spirits, right? And
1: and that's why we're wearing matching shirts. <laughs> whoop, whoop. From our wonderful friends Val and Tony Thank over you. at A Classic Paradise. Mary Scary, that's what I feel like right they now. They say Mary Scary, and they have Teddy from Nightmare Before Christmas on mm-hmm. them
0: because can't have Christmas without the nightmare. And
1: You really get <laughs> <laughs> so
0: true (laughs) you know what i should drink more energy drinks before we do
1: this we've had zero alcohol today friend it's a surprise we were supposed to drink martinis yeah we did say that didn't we yep but truthfully if i had a martini right now i'd probably fall asleep
0: yeah i'm gonna agree with you on that because i probably would have fell asleep too you know i'm the first one to go out yeah. On top of having that, the delicious mango with the the <gasps> sweet sticky rice,
1: mm, so much good Thai food tonight. Yeah, oh, I would have I
0: really been like, this would have been you. You would have been talking. I mean, I'm like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. There's there's like three kinds of rice in my system right now. I know. <laughs> Who would have thought? Put alcohol on that, and I am in a <laughs> carb coma. Yep. Bye bye. Basically. Yep. Uh, is there food in your bag? uh oh yeah oh okay i was like why is peanut but it is tied oh no it's fine she just looks like she wants to fucking murder whatever's in that bag and i mean it's because there's food it
0: was delicious <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um well i have a joke okay it's not 20 about 2020 okay but okay it's it's kind of funny okay go anyway. for it all right so why did the ghosts go to the bar
1: I don't know. I did the ghost go to the bar. To get (laughs) sheet-faced. Okay, that's cute. (laughs) Uh, Uh, sheet-faced.
0: But, I mean, that is technically has to do with 2020. (laughs) If we could go to the
1: bar. You know, my method for most of this year has just been to keep my body at, like, 90 proof with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully the Rona won't get me because there's just so much alcohol in my system all the time.
0: Well, I mean... That's why people were doing the bleach, because I guess they were thinking the same thing.
1: No, that's... (laughs) Or
0: Lysol, whatever they are We have a lot of listeners
1: below the Mason-Dixon line, so I'm going to not say snarky comments about that. So I'm just... I'll move on. (laughs)
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're fine. I take back what I said. No, 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 don't. It was done.
1: No, people drank bleach because uh, the person in charge of the country at the time told them that it was a good idea. Right. Which, you know i'm pretty sure that happened in um what was that horror movie it was one of the the eight the eight ones from several years ago that was like the worst description of a series of horror movies (laughs) it was the um the after dark films festival i think and there were eight different horror movies that came out like little indie films and there was one um with a it's like that curse that follows you and within three days everybody attempts to take their own life or not attempts to, they successfully take their own lives but it's somebody yes. drank drano from under the thing or bleach Peanut, stop eating your feet <laughs> i feel like we say this
0: every episode she's in here <sighs> it's great <laughs> well shall we get into our booze news we should booze, booze news Booze news. News. Yay. Okay, so Netflix, the um, streaming service that has everything. (laughs) That's what I I mean. They really do, though. And whatever.
1: It doesn't have. Disney Plus does. Exactly.
0: (laughs) But so Netflix is heading back into the world of true crime with an upcoming limited documentary series, Night
1: Stalker. I am Beyond excited for yes. this. Yes.
0: I know a few people who would watch this. Oh
1: my gosh. I shout, wait. Sh-
0: shout out to Sucrose. <laughs> Cause I know she's gonna watch this. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> but it's gonna be called Night Stalker The Hunt for a Serial Killer. I don't really feel like they need the last part, but anyway. <laughs> so basically this will um it's going to relive the terrifying summer of fear. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's gonna tell the the true story of how one of the most notorious serial killers in American history was hunted down and brought to justice. It's told through herring first person Uh, Interviews, gripping archival footage, and spectacular original photography. This four-part series represents the definitive telling of this iconic LA real-life horror story, painting a portrait of how it felt to live in fear at a time when absolutely anyone could be the night stalker's next victim.
1: I remember uh, talking before my dad died. I remember talking like one of the very few times I actually talked to him, but we. Had a discussion about the Night Stalker because he remembers being terrified because he and my mom were living in the the Inland Empire at the time, and he remembers being really really scared about uh, the Night Stalker trying to break in through the windows on specific nights. And that's scary. Yeah, crazy town. That's
0: really scary. Well, the series
1: <laughs> uh, premieres January thirteenth. Well, and did you also see that um, some amateur code breakers? Uh, deciphered the Zodiac <gasps> killers. Oh, yeah. I was like, code.
0: you know what? I totally forgot. I was going to put that in the next Boost News <laughs> and I totally forgot about it. They
1: totally did. Yes. It's exciting.
0: I did not read the article yet, but I saw it pop up mm-hmm. and I didn't read or anything. So do they know who did it now?
1: No. But there was one part that made me laugh because it was like, I welcome the gas chamber, was what one of the things that was written in the co- yeah yeah so weird it was, it was really interesting weird, you know wow yeah stuff <laughs> there that's a thing you know now yay <laughs> woohoo I feel smart now mm-hmm. anyway
0: <laughs> so I thought I'd change it up a little bit and put some uh, gaming news in
1: here I know why that's not the reason because I sip my coffee <laughs> that's not the reason <laughs> what's your gaming news Brie <laughs>
0: <laughs> um anyways. <laughs> so, um there is a big reveal at the Game Awards and that reveal is that Evil Dead uh the game is on its way out. It's coming out out into the world. Yep. And I guess Bruce Campbell has been kind of teasing it for a while, but wouldn't know <laughs> because i was like you know i probably should follow him but i don't
1: oh he's hilarious yeah i know i
0: was like why don't i follow him
1: because you're missing out
0: yeah you know that's this whole year <laughs> <laughs> we've missed out on so much yeah so so it's set um for release next year on um last gen and next gen uh consoles meaning the new consoles that are coming out um and the game will also feature campbell as the voice of ash williams as it should be that way Uh (laughs) uh-huh and uh one of a a handful of characters that will be included in this multiplayer horror experience (laughs) yeah um so a really cool thing um about this game that um, fans are really, really excited for is that the uh, nineteen seventy three Oldsmobile Delta eighty eight Royale will be in this game, and you get to drive it. Ooh! And also, the game allows you to play as a human, or the or you can play as the Kandarian demon. <laughs>
1: why is this even a choice can't carry a demon every day of the week and twice on sunday right exactly <laughs> so
0: and then it's also going to include like uh, a few things from the ash uh, versus evil dead then army of darkness and scotty from evil dead so there's a few little fun things in there
1: Ooh, yeah exciting and in other news, Netflix and Mike Flanagan have yes. wrapped on shooting their new miniseries, Midnight Mass.
0: Why does this sound like a scary church show?
1: Um, because I feel like that's probably what it's going to be. Okay, cool. Um, and so. <laughs> Mike Flanagan's actually released a very lengthy series of tweets on Twitter, Oh. which I, I've actually started following things other than just anonymous on Twitter. I should I also have, do that because I feel like I just follow drag queens. Well, I have yet to <laughs> post anything, but I'm just, I follow... More things now than just anonymous. I'm branching out. Look at me go. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Yep. Um, So he actually uh, chronicled how the cast and crew were able to pull off this 83 day shoot during COVID. That's it. 83 days. Mm. That's not that long. Um, so he had said that they began prepping the series in December, um, and they were mere days away from shooting when the production was actually shut down in March due to the pandemic. Right. So they left their set standing and they dropped everything and frantically got everybody out to their homes for lockdown. Um, so he and his wife, Kate, were the last Americans from the show to leave Vancouver. And from the airplane window, he could see the sets that were standing still at Gary Point Park. Oh, wow. So they were there for months out in the elements, and they had no idea when they would be back or able to return. So he actually ended up keeping in contact with the cast and crew pretty regularly during lockdown. Um, And then when talk turned into resuming production, it actually became clear that they might be one of the very first shows to attempt it. So there was no playbook. They just were in completely uncharted territory and then they resumed filming again in or ber- they were actually resumed prep in july and then they began shooting on august 17th oh wow yeah well so, yay exciting i can't wait to see speaking of did you see tom cruise's meltdown on the set of mission impossible Seven? First off i didn't even know that there were seven total mission <laughs> impossible movies
0: i don't think you probably really wanted to have that in your mind anyway.
1: No, but I had no idea that there was a sound film, but he had a total meltdown because the, apparently two of the crew members were standing too close together looking at a monitor. I mean, were they wearing a mask? I That I don't know, but I know that they violated protocol because they were technically standing next to each other, which, okay, I agree with, but also yeah. I, I really don't like Tom Cruise, so I just I want to be upset about it, but I also know that he's probably right. Yeah. Uh, his delivery was all wrong though you don't need to like <laughs> yell and scream and be verbally abusive at people that's not okay
0: right boo tom Cruise. but he's probably like um yeah you can't stand that close to each other so i can finish don't this stand movie so. that is just being don't stand so. dragged on and on forever
1: don't stand so close to me Nope, don't do it. Um, and then another news: Andrew Lincoln will return as Rick Grimes in a big screen The Walking Dead Rick Grimes movie. Why? Because why not? I guess. So, recently, while speaking to the Associated Press over Zoom, Lincoln said that he hopes the film will start shooting in the spring. Um, He said it does feel like there is a certain sense of positivity and the cavalry's coming with the vaccines, and there's a real sort of sense of renewal, hopefully. Mm. So, there you go. Okay. Rick Grimes is getting his own movie. Oh, boy, they're just going to keep
0: dragging it on.
1: Hey, it's like the not no no shade to fast and the furious but i mean m- no
0: i'm okay you know i'm a huge fan uh-huh. but i also agree there doesn't need to be any more
1: no and but as long as people pay to go see him yeah will keep making it i'm sorry I like vin diesel <laughs> i know it's the only
0: reason why
1: I before know. it was
0: him and um my my boo who has passed on
1: Oh, um, Mr. Mr. Walker.
0: Yeah, Mr. Paul Walker.
1: May he rest in peace.
0: I know. I think they should have stopped after that. That was me saying that. Mm-hmm. And I've seen all of them. Because they all came out on my birthday. Yes. But, yeah. Uh, I just feel like the the Walking Dead show is... For me, I've been over it for a while, so...
1: Yeah. I <laughs>
0: Get off my soapbox now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, speaking of soapboxes... Oh, in, yeah. In the spirit of shopping small for the holiday season. Nice segue, by the and, way. <laughs> <laughs> and not giving all of your money to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> We thought we would continue to share, even though when this episode comes out, it's going to be December 22nd because we're doing it a day early. It's not coming out Wednesday. It's coming out Tuesday because of holiday. Yeah. So hopefully you have your Christmas gifts by now or your holiday gifts. I'm sorry. By now. Yes. But if you don't or there are folks that you are obviously, hopefully not going to be seeing, and you want to pick up some last minute things. Like me. (laughs) Check out these places Yes So
0: I've been kind of eyeing uh, This little IG account And it's cryptid Cryptid, sorry, Cryptid Covenant Creations. And they have the cutest little pins. And they're all the little, our favorite cryptids that are out there in the world. There's a a Mothman one and uh, a a Yeti and a Bigfoot. And um, they also have these cute little pins where it's each cryptid on uh, a different uh, tarot card. Oh, how cute! It's really cute. Like, really, 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 really cute. I think, like, the, um, the Mothman... One is on the... I can't remember what the the tarot card is, but it stands for moon. It's like the know. moon. I, I don't follow. I'm the worst at, at But I just tarot. thought it was cool because, you know, they only saw the wolf man at night. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, anyway, check them out. They have really cute stuff. And then, also, I have been eyeing this one company just because of one thing. They have other stuff, too, but... This is important. <laughs> so, at victory of your nemesis, they are known for the coffin lounge chair. Ooh! I think I sent this to you because
1: it, it, it came with pink.
0: It came with uh, pink chair cushions, but you can pick your own color.
1: Oh snap! Yeah, it's
0: uh, it's so cute. But anyway, they um a small company but everything is all handmade really great stuff so the the coffin uh lounge chair obviously was you know the big launch for her um but also she does a lot of little other handmade things she has cute little uh different spooky stockings that she's been uh crafting herself and then also some knitted scale beanies like the beanies look like little like dragon scales And I am not nifty when it comes to knitting or crocheting. So I appreciate anybody that can do that. And so uh, another vendor that I found, which is really, really amazing. uh, It's Victory of Your Nemesis. And the reason I've been keeping my eye on them is because there's something that they make that I really want. And it is the Coffin Lounge Chair.
1: Oh, snap. It's so
0: amazing. This is what gave this company its big break everybody ordered it and the great thing is that it's handmade to order oh and it come and it has cushions that come with it i mean you don't have to get the cushions but i am bougie so it's always probably get cushions (laughs) always cushions and also, they make another, I mean, I'm sorry. They also make amazing other handmade products, uh, such as really cute dragon stockings. Ooh. And so, like, if you love dragons and you want that to be a part of your, your creep-miss, then check them out. Uh, also, uh, knitted scale beanies. And they really do look like scales.
1: Oh, dude. That is so, Okay. I don't know how
0: people who knit or crochet do it, but I bow down to them because it's just amazing what they can do.
1: I am learning how to knit. I, know. I am not a professional. I am learning. I know the knit stitch and how to purl and oh, I can and I can count, <laughs> but that's about it. I can't do any of this like crazy slip stitch, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm. Yeah, I
0: nope. Don't and, sign me up for that.
1: You know who's really amazing is our friend Courtney.
0: I know. Making dresses and stuff. It's
1: like, oh, I just whipped this up. It's my first time ever crocheting everything. I'm a knitter, but it's my first time ever crocheting anything. So I'm just going to make a dress. <laughs> I'm like, you're not human.
0: By the way, Courtney, you're amazing.
1: We love you. We're and, so jealous of your and, and one day
0: I hope you make a, a shop when you have time so then I can um, buy stuff right from you and you and we're we're not like really like trying to toot her horn or anything but she wins at our fair in ventura county here multiple ribbons yeah so you know she's like the top she's pretty rad so anyway Mm -hmm. i'll I'll get off the soapbox now
1: (laughs) (laughs) anyway Um, So one of the two that I picked is uh, Bewitched Wicker. Ooh. And they have their own website. It's bewitchedwicker.com. And this is the side project of our good friends Val and Tony Woo-hoo! from a classic paradise. We love uh, you guys. We love you lots. We're wearing your shirts. Um, so they're starting a new venture called Bewitched Wicker. And they do all sorts of wicker and tiki furniture restoration. They have lots of handmade and hand-painted crafts. Um, if you have not seen their jingle cruise cruise christmas wreath it is spectacular and again they are all made and painted by hand um and everything is ridiculously reasonably priced so um please go and support them we adore them they are the most wonderful people and they are so ridiculously talented so check them out yes please and then the other one I picked is Unwrapped Art. Ooh. And this is a gentleman we see every year at Midsummer Scream. Yep. And he makes the most beautiful shadow block, shadow boxes. Oh, my God. <laughs> shadow boxes. There it is. Like <laughs> the Portishead song, Shadow Boxer. Mm-hmm. Um he makes the most beautiful shadow boxes with different action figures um, and dolls and such. So he does a lot of Coraline. He does a lot of of Corpse Bride and Nightmare Before Christmas. There's a ton of Nightmare Before Christmas options. Um, So you can just actually purchase directly from his Instagram by uh, direct messaging him or sliding into his DMs Um, whenever you see something available. He does commissions, but he also has um, various pieces that he creates and you can purchase them on your own. I have a Pennywise that I purchased from him two years ago at Midsummer Screamer a year and a half ago, and I loved it so dearly it's beautiful it's on my mantle yes
0: i was gonna say shop small i was yeah please keep doing that and then i feel like even after the holidays people should be doing that too still yes while we're still in this wonderful lockdown that we're in well we're supposed to be locked down i don't know what you guys are doing but also as we say shop small also be safe these mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I just got rona tested well I've been tested twice now in the last couple of weeks yep just to be safe cuz I've been around you and I don't want to infect you um But we've canceled. I mean, we were just going to try to do a socially distant thing. Um, But with the way that cases are spiking, we all got on a Zoom call yesterday. I'm like, what the hell are we thinking? That's so stupid and irresponsible. So we are staying home. And I'm going to sit in my Christmas PJs. And I'm going to watch a Christmas story on loop all day. And that's it. You know what? That sounds fun. And I'll probably video call you and bother you with a martini.
0: I I don't know why you said bother me. Well, because. Because you know that's not going to bother me. Because I am a bother. To myself. So I can only
1: imagine what it's like
0: for the rest of you. <laughs> uh, you know, that's not true at all. Like you
1: can call me anytime, girl. As long as I don't sing. Ooh, ooh I'm blinded by the light. Oh, no. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: Deen, 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 deen. And speaking of that song, Blinded by the Light. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into Boo, Boo Club. Club, and I don't know why I made that segue. I was thinking about the ghosts Boo for the the book that we're going to be talking about. Uh-huh. So that's why I meant, yeah. Anyway, okay. It was it was terrible, <laughs> but the book that we read if you were following along with us, is a Christmas Carol.
1: The Greatest Ghost Story of All Time.
0: Yes, by Charles Dickens. Charles love it,
1: Dickens. Mhm. So,
0: I mean, a lot of you probably have seen the many movies that have been
1: made. So many movies.
0: But the book is a
1: lot better. And it's not that long. No. It is a novella, meaning yes. it is a short novel. It is 176 pages, or you can download it on Audible, which I did for the first, I did my first Audible book. And I'm kind of bummed because the the Audible that you downloaded, I'm a little jealous. It was narrated by Tim Curry.
0: I would have rather had that. Oh, so amazing. (laughs) Like, seriously, when you told me that, I was like, oh, missed opportunity. Uh, Oh, but there's still time. And then always
1: go back and do it.
0: It's just me trying to figure out what uh, accent Charles Dickens has. It didn't work out well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It didn't work out
0: out well. They're all English. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) But I feel like he had, like, a really dark tone to his voice (laughs) for this, but... Anyway, that's just me and my imagination. Um, <laughs> but for those of you who don't know the story, so A Christmas Carol recounts the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, an elderly miser who is visited by the ghost of his former business partner, Jacob Marley, and the spirits um, spirits of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. And after their visits, Scrooge is transformed into a kinder, gentler man. Aww. I still want to know what happened after, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Christmas Carol also uh, it captured the the zeitgeist of the mid-Victorian revival of the Christmas holiday. Uh, Dickens had acknowledged the influence of the modern Western observance of Christmas, and later inspired several aspects of Christmas, including family gatherings, seasonal food and drink, dancing, games, and a festive generosity of spirit.
1: Fun fact, I didn't know that Christmas trees were not a popular thing until Queen Victoria and Prince Albert started it in the 1800s. I did not know that either. Nope, I did not until I read it, I'm doing the research for this.
0: Ah. I was like, what? Well, thank you.
1: <laughs> there's a thing you know. I don't...
0: There, there's a reason for everything. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about Charles Dickens, the author before we talk about the book because yes. I feel like at this point everyone kinda knows the story. Um right. That's why I just that I just did that little
0: short little blurb.
1: no little, little baby blurb. Yeah. You know because yes. I think everybody knows. Yes. And if you don't then
0: you just got the little short version and you can read the book.
1: Yep. There you or go. or watch one of the many film adaptations.
0: <laughs> yeah, we won't we won't ruin endgame for you on this one that no. much. Tony Stark dies. <laughs>
1: um <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh so charles dickens was a british novelist journalist editor illustrator and social commentator who wrote many other beloved classic novels such as oliver twist nicholas nickleby david copperfield a tale of two cities and one of my favorites great expectations yes because some days i feel a little bit like miss havisham I'm just like pissed off and scorned rolling yep. around my house in my wedding dress until the day that I die. Yep. Um, so accurate. If you haven't read Great Expectations, you absolutely should. You're missing out. Yes. I had
0: to read a tale of two cities that was required reading for it, high school. Yes.
1: It was required reading sophomore year. I did not like it. No. And you know what? I, <laughs> I'm i so, just
0: going to point that out.
1: <laughs> well, so uh, the only, I think the only two Charles Dickens novels that I have read are a tale of two cities and great expectations. And now a Christmas Carol. Okay. And I feel like now as an adult, I should go back and give a tale of two cities a chance because in the 10th grade, let's face it. I was not interested in the French revolution. I sure wasn't. And (laughs) now I am a little more interested in it. And now I feel like I have a greater appreciation for his style of writing. I would like to go back and give it another try. In and my free time that I have so much of, clearly. I was like, I
0: may not join you on <laughs> this journey. Don't do it, girl. It's <laughs> not worth it.
1: I just don't know.
0: Like, there's some books that I can go back and and read and appreciate, you know, better now. But uh, I, I don't know about a tale of two cities. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe I'll join you on that.
1: I love this journey for you. <laughs>
0: You know what, maybe i will this is this is how 2020 goes uh, like no you know i'm not gonna do it
1: i was, just thinking, about I was it. just thinking about it okay all right i'll do it um so he was often and he is known as and revered as one of the most important and influential writers of the 19th century agreed yes and among his many accomplishments he has been lauded for uh, providing a stark portrait of the victorian era underclass helping to bring about social change means he's giving the poor people a voice kids yep yep important mhm um so he was actually born charles john huffman dickens that's quite the name wow uh, on February seventh, eighteen twelve, in Portsmouth, on the southern coast of England, uh, and he was the second of eight children. God, people had so many kids back then. <laughs> Why <laughs> so many children? Uh. Well, and I get it because you know if you had eight, maybe five would make it to adulthood if you were lucky. <laughs> because you know modern medicine was not modern. What or medicine has because grown quite a bit in the last several years. What a story to tell your children. We had
0: you uh, you had uh, you had uh, many brothers and sisters in case some of you
1: died. (laughs) You mean, you know, that's how I would probably say it. But um, we all all know Sarah is not good with words. (laughs) I'm just saying like that's wow. This was also okay. Daniela, don't hate me. I'm going to tell this story. (laughs) This is how bad I am with words. When poor Daniela told me that she was pregnant when we were on our way to Disneyland, my response was, are we happy about this? Because (laughs) I felt like I I, because I couldn't tell. Like, I think she she was just in such shock because she wasn't expecting to. For it to happen so quickly. So I was having a very hard time reading her face. And dear friends, the reaction when one of your best friends tells you that they're pregnant is not to ask them if they're happy about it. <laughs> Just wait for her response. Yes. Danielle, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. But anyway, they um, so had lots of kids. Uh, so his father was a naval clerk. Who often dreamed of striking it rich, like so many. Yep. Um, And his mother aspired to be a teacher and a school director. Oh. So, unfortunately, despite his parents' best efforts, the family remained poor. So, obviously, we can see where the inspiration for his writings came from. And, nevertheless, they were happy in the early days. And then, uh, you know, obviously, they moved around quite a bit um and then they lived in Camden Town, a very historically poor neighborhood in London, and by then their financial situation had grown worse, and John Dickens had a very dangerous habit of living beyond the family's means, and eventually he was sent to debtors' prison in 1824 when Ooh. poor Charles was just 12 years old. Ooh, that sounds like fun. debtor's prison
0: no i I mean i was i was being extremely uh, sarcastic
1: well if we still had debtor's prisons uh pretty much everyone from our generation and generation z would be in prison for college debt
0: yep i'm like oh i guess i'll be going there (laughs)
1: school's (laughs) expensive
0: i know and you guys want us all to go why (laughs)
1: <laughs> normalize trade schools yes please make tuition less expensive even for state schools
0: oh boy yeah
1: um so following his father's imprisonment he was actually forced to leave school and work at a boot blacking factory Why i gotta be black
0: <laughs> sorry okay i'm done
1: uh, i love it um So at this rundown, rodent ridden factory, poor Charles Dickens earned six shillings a week labeling pots of blacking, a substance that was used to clean fireplaces. Uh, Um, And it was the best that he could do to support his family. It's so sad.
0: Yeah, it's so sad. I mean, I don't know what six shillings is worth.
1: Um, it doesn't sound like a lot, though. No, I guarantee you it's not that much. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it does not sound like a lot. No. So <laughs> this poor guy felt abandoned and betrayed by the adults that were supposed to take care of him. Um, and this actually, as we even see in A Christmas Carol, becomes a recurring theme in a lot of his works. So he was actually permitted to go back to school when his father received a family inheritance and used it to pay off his debts.
0: Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but when Dickens was just 15, his education was pulled out from under him once again. (sighs) Oh, this sucks. (laughs) It's so sad. So in 1827, he had to drop out of school and work as an office boy. That sounds... (laughs)
1: really bad. <laughs> Get my coffee and dry cleaning.
0: <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, office boy to contribute uh to his family's income. Um but as it turned out, the job became a launching point for his writing career. Mm-hmm. Yay. So within a year of being hired, Dickens uh began a freelance reporting at the law courts of London and then just a few later uh, just pfft, i I swear i can talk just a few (laughs) few years later he was reporting to two major london newspapers yay here we go start so in 1833 he began submitting sketches to various magazines and newspapers under the the pseudonym boz i like that like bosley
1: or like boslerman Oh, or yeah, or that. Any of them? <laughs> Any of the bosses? Any of the people who were not alive at this time? Boss gags? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, in
0: 1836, his clippings were published in his first book, Sketches by Boz. I kind of want to look this up now, <laughs> just to see what these are. And then, in the same year, Dickens started publishing the posthumous papers of the Pickwick Club. I had to say it like that. <laughs> is very prestigious. Um, his series, originally written, written as captions for artists, Robert Seymour's humorous sports themed illustrations, took the form of a monthly serial installments. The posthumous papers of the Pickwick Club was wildly popular with the readers. In fact, Dickens' uh, captions were more were even more popular than the illustrators they were meant to accompany. Um, He later edited magazines, including Household Words and All Year Round, uh, the latter of which he founded. Then Dickens married Catherine Hogarth. Soon after his first book, Sketches by Boz, was published, the couple had a... Oh, God.
1: They had 10 children. Again, you have 10, maybe six will make it to (laughs) adulthood. But, well, and to your point...
0: During the 1850s, Dickens suffered two devastating losses, the death, well, just one of his kids, sorry, I I thought it was going to be both, a bunch of them, Um, the deaths of his daughter and his father. Um, And then he also separated from his wife in 1850, or um, 1858, excuse me. Uh, Dickens slandered Catherine publicly and struck up uh, an intimate relationship with a young actress named ellen or they called her nelly uh turnin scandal yeah just letting it all air out oh yeah but you know i
1: get it oh yeah (laughs) sometimes it doesn't work out
0: Um, (laughs) i get the slander part um
1: <laughs> Not I'm gonna sip my water.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, so oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, sorry. So, uh, throughout his career, Dickens actually
1: published a total of fifteen novels. And let's talk a little bit about A Christmas Carol. So, Yay. A Christmas Carol was published on December nineteenth, nineteen forty-three, which uh is actually its anniversary is tomorrow. Oh, we're recording this that's Um, amazing how how did we do that it's like we're smart no we're not i just like i i don't know like how do you do it accident yeah Yeah. (laughs) happy accident um so the book obviously features our timeless protagonist ebenezer scrooge who is a curmudgeonly old miser and with the help of ghosts he finds a christmas spirit So, fun fact, he actually wrote the book in just six weeks, starting in October, yep, and finished it just in time for the holidays. So, it was actually intended to be a social criticism, and the goal was to bring attention to the hardships faced by English poorer classes. So, it was a huge success. It sold more than 6,000 copies when it was published, um, and readers in England and America were touched by the book's empathetic emotional depth mm-hmm. one american entrepreneur reportedly gave his employees an extra holiday after reading it oh that's nice i know it was probably really mean it, pretty much <laughs> um, so despite literary criticism the book is still one of dickens most well-known and beloved works um, and sadly after suffering a stroke charles dickens died at age 58 on june 9th, 1870 at Gads Hill Place, his country home in Kent, England. Mm. Yeah. 58. Wow.
0: Well, I mean, for that time, I guess that was pretty good.
1: Hey, he could have been in my family. Everybody in my family dies young. Oh. Sorry. Oh. That's why, that's why I have... Oh. How far did I go today? I've gone 23,264 steps. That's 9.76 miles. I am fighting genetics. Oh, boy. So that I don't die young. Because we are not a healthy people. Um. So he actually, five years earlier, he had been in a train accident and he never fully recovered. So oh. d- I know I never like one. I have so many questions. Right. About one. How was he injured? But two, a train accident. What kind of a train accident? Yes, we need details. Right. I can't. I'm going to have to go deeper into this. I'm going to need you to give me some more information on that. Right. <laughs> Terrain accident. Um, so, despite his fragile condition, he actually continued to tour until shortly before his death, um, and he was buried in Poet's Corner at Westminster Abbey with thousands of mourners gathering at his gravesite. I would love to, uh, love to see that. I, I did. I'm so jealous. I've been, I've been to Westminster Abbey <sighs> twice, and you know what? The second time I went, I was just as awestruck as Ugh. the first time I went cuz when you walk into that place mm-hmm. it's just the the history yeah and the beauty and the architecture and the the stained glass i mean it's it's just as overwhelming the second time as it is the first time
0: so what about the third hmm. time
1: i don't know we'll if have you, to find out
0: i'm just saying you know, third time's a charm, and it's going to be with me.
1: It is in England. <laughs> when we can get our act together, right, and stop having fifty thousand cases of COVID in a day, and you allow us back <laughs> in, I don't blame you for not letting us in. You are one hundred percent within your right. And this year uh,
0: I really wanted to travel and jokes on me. So
1: <laughs> I got, I even renewed my passport. Yeah. I have a brand new passport and no stamps.
0: None. <laughs> the Saddest
1: little passport.
0: I know. Oh um, God.
1: So <laughs> let's talk about the book a little bit more in depth. Yes. So before we get into some of the, the themes of the story, we, the, the, story itself is broken out into staves which i was actually a little confused by because the stave is also uh, a music staff yeah so i was like uh where?
0: so like when i was reading it, i'm like you mean part right like <laughs> like every time they said that i was like shouldn't it be like part or uh i'm trying to think of another word
1: well every time he said stave i'm going back to like music theory classes and mm-hmm. like what what does not compute <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so yes, it's broken down into five staves. Five staves, right? Yes, there's five staves, um which is essentially the introduction of the characters. So right when we open up, Jacob Marley is is dead, and at one point, you know, Scrooge even describes him as dead as a doornail, and that's where that's where that term came from. Um, and then obviously. Uh, Marley then comes back and cautions him that he will have an afterlife full of torment and covered in chains and things that are weighing him down and then he's visited by the three ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future in staves two, three, and four respectively and then the fifth stave is when uh, Scrooge actually becomes a nice person again so the other thing a couple things that I noticed in reading this and I'm curious to hear your perspective too from mm-hmm. reading it versus doing the audible because I've noticed that I I am not saying this is any kind of a criticism or, or like sarcasm at all. I think this is legitimately true and I need to talk to somebody about it. <laughs> I think I, I have undiagnosed adult ADD and I think anyone who has been in a room with me for 15 minutes can probably tell you the same thing because uh. it's very hard for me to focus on one thing I get very easily distracted sometimes I am super productive and then sometimes I cannot focus on anything at all mm-hmm. um but I also feel like I function my best when I'm on the edge of a nervous breakdown and I have way too much to do which I feel like isn't normal so I feel like that's both of <laughs> right so I noticed that doing and, and all of that is to say I feel like doing the audiobook, as much as I love Sir Tim Curry, mm-hmm. and he did a fantastic job. If you are going to download this on any sort of a um, audio book streaming service, please do yourself a solid and download the Tim Curry version because he does a wonderful job with the different voices. Um, his He's just so articulate and well-spoken. He did a wonderful job, but it was very difficult for me to focus. So I actually had to listen to this mostly on my drives to different places when I was in the car. And sometimes that would be, I'd listen to it 10 minutes at a time. Sometimes it would be 30 minutes at a time. Um, but it was really tough for me to try to, like, listen to it and work. I couldn't focus on both. So I ended up having to stop that. Okay. Um, but that being said, noticed a couple different things. So one, we have the rule of three. So mm-hmm. we have, obviously, the three ghosts over three nights. Very similar to, you know, the three little pigs and the three musketeers. Right. And the three wise men and three acts. I, I picked...
0: Uh, uh, I picked up on that real quick. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting um, because I feel like that's a style that a lot of a lot of authors use, mm-hmm. and Dickens was no exception. And then the other thing I noticed too. And I actually am learning to appreciate his writing style more as an adult, because while he uses very distinctive settings and deliberate tone and very flowerly, flowerly, flowery language, it's not so over the top that I can't focus on the story. Agreed. Whereas like the Bronte sisters. Oh, God exactly
0: (laughs) exactly i'm like i'm sorry don't ever ask me to read one of their books please no no more i I beg of you no more and you know what
1: uh
0: i I had enough in ap english i'm so good no i i
1: i actually know my my english classes because you had to take what three english classes in college to meet your minimum requirements was it three i
0: only had to Take two. You only had
1: two. I challenged at least one of mine and was like, fuck it. Can I just take the test and, yeah, as as a (laughs) path to to challenge the class and do pass fail? Well, the college I went to
0: said only two, so I was very excited about that. Okay.
1: Cause I think I, I distinctly remember seeing two on there. I sat through one of them. I feel like I might have gone, I feel like I tried to test out of the other one too, but I know that I tested out of at least, I challenged the class on at least one of them because. Like I can't. I yeah. I love to read and I'm an avid reader. Me too. I hate reading when it's an assignment. It, yeah.
0: It's like, High school made it real hard. Mm-hmm. And then I think once I got out of high school like college, I mean I can't say it helped me appreciate reading cuz I did probably too much reading of so much information all at once. <laughs> but um I just feel like I appreciated it more. Yeah. Um and I don't know. I just felt like my college lit teachers. I don't know. They just made it more interesting, I guess, with some assigned reading.
1: Well, because they teach you like an adult. They treat you like an adult, not like they're your babysitter.
0: Yeah, because like especially when they know it's like curriculum and they have to, you know, go through the whole like you know rigor. They they know it's boring. Oh, absolutely. Like, I had one teacher that told me, like, I absolutely hated the Grapes of Wrath. I'm like, thank you.
1: Yep. yep. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Somebody who agrees with me. Let's take a depressing topic and make it even more depressing.
0: Oh, man. And it was just so long. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So long. I. But I will say, when I mentioned before how I did not like A Tale of Two Cities, so when we were, when we chose to read this, I'm like... I really hope I like it.
1: (laughs) I hope I'm not regretting this decision. (laughs)
0: Because I was like, great, you know what? I've actually wanted to read it, but then I remembered (laughs) A Tale of Two Cities. And I was like, hmm. But you know what? I actually liked his writing style in this book more. But maybe it's also because of the story.
1: You know, truthfully, I... I don't remember A Tale of Two Cities well enough. It's so boring. uh, It's, yeah. It's so boring. I I remember (laughs) it being, I remember reading it my sophomore year of high school because we did, I did honors English and it was required reading for honors English. And I personally do not feel like it is a good book for a sophomore group to read. Um, because I feel like you just, just me personally, I feel like you don't have the appreciation for the writing yet. Yes. And agreed. And I think senior year required summer reading for AP lit was Wuthering Heights. Okay. Hated it. Yeah. However, appropriate age for that book. Mm hmm. Agreed. Tenth grade is way too young for Attila Two Cities. So I yeah. I don't know that I remember much of it. Um I feel like it's something that I would like to go back and reread because I remember just it was a chore to get through.
0: Yeah, that's that's how I felt. And that's why I was like I mean, I know this one wasn't that long, but I just sat there and think I'm like, mm. but I, I I definitely can say that I appreciate it more. Reading it again now. Yes, in my thirties. Yes, <laughs> I'm not going to say which one.
1: We're not going to tell you what end of our thirties we're on, exactly. But
0: <laughs> but that's where I am. Yes. So
1: um. Anyway, yeah. So I noticed. I I really appreciated that he it. It's done in such an artful manner that while yes you can tell it was written in a different time, it's not over the top to where you get lost. Yeah, and you can't keep things straight. Um. The other thing that I noticed, and actually there's another um, author and and book critic named David Corbett, who coined this phrase. He actually calls it the intimacy of insight, which is, and it's a very common thing, but we start out this novel meeting Scrooge, or novella, I should call it. Novella. It's a short novel.
0: Sounds like a love story when you say it that way.
1: Novella. (laughs) Uh,
0: but it's it's not a love. Well, no, it, yeah, it's, it's not a not story. story.
1: Not even close. Nope. Um, so it it refers to us starting out this novella and seeing Scrooge as being this miserly, neglectful, and completely unlikable asshole because yeah. that's what he was. But as we start to see his, especially with the Ghost of Christmas Past we see why Scrooge is the way he is because his father just left him at boarding school all year round, especially even through the holidays. He was the only one there um, because he was, he resented Scrooge even as a child. Um, and he didn't know how to deal with him. He lost his mother. Uh, he loved his sister. And then, you know, obviously Fran died in childbirth, giving birth to his nephew, Fred, mm-hmm. Um, so we start to see why Scrooge's heart has kind of hardened over the years. We also... Totally understandable. <laughs> exactly. And then as we start to see, you know, his old boss, Fezziwig, who is a father figure, we start to see, oh, okay, Scrooge was human at some point, even as a young man. Um, and it wasn't until he became obsessed with wealth and his girlfriend dumped him because she realized that he would never love her as much as he loves money. And that's when we start to see like okay this is where the turning point happened but he he lived through some shit and then we start to see him soften over the next two staves Mm -hmm. but that insight is the quote unquote intimacy of insight that's when we start to actually develop some sort of empathy for the guy like oh yeah okay so it's like serial killers always a brain injury (laughs) <laughs> right like you they all got dropped on their heads like that's just yeah it, it happens listen to any true crime podcast or read any of the books yeah everybody has a fucking head injury and that's what does it and you go oh man this person's so evil that's sex but head injury like that's unfortunate and yeah you develop like obviously crime the crimes are despicable and disgusting but right. you develop like just that smidgen of well this person probably would have had a normal boring life had they not been dropped on their head yeah so oh boy poor scrooge (laughs) i know but then also he blends the two genres together the two kind of storylines because while this is a christmas story this is very clearly a christmas story it is the most popular christmas story yep it also is a ghost story which i love Mm mm-hmm it is.
0: seriously that's i think that is my favorite part about it and i think those obviously those are my favorite parts of the book mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when we get to um the the ghost of jacob barley
1: yes
0: i have to say that's my favorite part and i actually read that part over because i liked it so much because and- he just i know i just kind of like f- felt for him a little bit in his you know Him dealing with his his judgment a little bit. (laughs) But, I mean, I just, I really enjoyed that part of the book.
1: Because it's like nobody told me that in the afterlife I was going to have to carry around all these chains. Mm -hmm. They're so heavy. Mm -hmm.
0: I should have listened.
1: I should have.
0: (laughs) I should have been nicer.
1: (laughs) Right. So, well, you you just mentioned it, but do you want to elaborate on it? One of the questions that I had for you was um, what scene stuck with you the most?
0: It it was definitely the Jacob Marley's ghost. Um, And I don't know. I, I think it just kind of resonated with me the most because it just, it brings me back to what my grandmother had always said to me. And, you know, she always says like, you know, treat others with kindness or do unto others as they, you know, do a, well, no, not that quote. Basically, just treat others with kindness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My grandmother had a lot of quotes. (laughs) But that was just one, and I have feel like, you know, that has kind of been, like, the best part about me, but also the worst. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I could see in this story, obviously... You know, if he was more kinder, then he would have a more pleasant afterlife. But, I mean, you could just see, like, and he was saying how, like, kind of, like, describing the chains and how, like, each one kind of has, like, a weight, different weight to them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I I just like the way, I just like the way that part was written a lot. Not saying, like, the whole book, you know, wasn't good. But, like, I don't know. I just felt like that particular section just really stuck out for me. Especially because then you start to kind of see him. Um, you know, he's telling Scrooge just like how he regret regrets a little bit the way that he he was, and then you start to see Scrooge kind of changing up a little bit more. Like, oh well, shit, I don't want to end up like this.
1: <laughs> well, so I had I had a couple of parts that kind of stuck out. So kind of along those lanes when marley comes to him he thinks that and i think at one point scrooge even says like you're a piece of uncooked meat like you (laughs) you are bad food that is giving me bad dreams you are not real Mm -hmm. um and then the but the one that really stuck to me the most is in the fourth stave when the third ghost comes to visit the ghost of christmas future and he's leaning over his own body and saying you know is there can you show me some sort of kindness or some sort of of empathy for this poor man (laughs) and the ghost of christmas future instantly shows him people that owed scrooge money that are relieved that he's dead yeah because then it gives them more time to get their financial (laughs) situation sorted out yep it's like "Ooh, girl yep
0: the shade of it all. <clears throat> I was like, man, that last was with
1: shady. Oh man. Shady queen. Oh, totally. <laughs> but you know, the, my favorite line from the movie, the wizard of Oz is when the wizard tells the tin man, uh, the heart is not judged by how much you love. It's judged by how much you are loved by others. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's it right there. Boop. <laughs> yeah. So that, that one probably stuck to me the most. Yeah. Um, were there any particular passages that stood out to you when you were reading it versus like watching it on one of the many film adaptations? Oh, I know. And
0: I I was trying not to like, while I was reading, I was like comparing it to like the ones that I've seen. um, And um, there was like a few, like, well, I had written down like a couple of little, uh, passages that I liked and well and going back to the (laughs) the ghost of uh, Jacob Marley he says um, uh, I wear the chain I forged in life uh, replied the ghost I made it link by link and yard by yard I girded it on of of my own free will and of my own free will I wore it Is its pattern strange to you? Like, I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) 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 I feel like that's uh, this chain link that's growing is 2020.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Truth.
0: (laughs) I was like, oh, God. Like, I don't know. Like, you could just really feel a little bit of, like, the pain that he was feeling for all the bad stuff that he did. And now he, like, you know, he has to suffer in the afterlife for it
1: one of my favorites and this sounds so bad but this is like electra from pose would be so proud because the library is open mm-hmm. um and this is okay so let's talk about fred a little bit so fred is yes. scrooge's nephew um, I, I like him i didn't because fred is the fucking annoying ass co-worker <laughs>
0: That but that's how I saw him and I just I just thought
1: he was just that funny comes to your desk at 7 30 in the morning yep. when you were on your first cup of coffee and is like hi what are we gonna do today do you want to go outside do you want to did you talk about like bro calm that's exactly down. how I thought of him and like, that's why I was just
0: like that this is great
1: I I have that coworker. I have a friend everyone has that everyone has a Fred and I'm like oh my god this motherfucker turn it down Take it down from 11. So anyway, um, so my favorite passage that Electra would be proud of comes from the exchange between Fred and Scrooge when he's trying to, Fred is trying to get his uncle to be happy and come and spend (laughs) Christmas day because they obviously weren't living in a pandemic. And, and he's like, why don't you, why do you hate Christmas? Why don't you come celebrate? Why don't you make merry with the rest of us? And Scrooge says, Every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Snap, snap, snap. Yes, exactly. every Christmas. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so not sad that Christmas
0: is canceled. God damn, I'm not. I'm like, honestly, can't wait for it to be over. I'm trying not to be a Scrooge. No pun intended. (laughs) But it's every year Mm -hmm. and but i have to say like reading this and like doing other fun like spooky christmas activities with you it definitely helps
1: no it makes the holidays a little bit brighter it does (laughs) um did well actually what surprised you the most about the book um
0: well the the first thing that surprised me was i didn't realize that this book was broken up in the parts that it was yes but i'm glad it was Uh like that i really did appreciate that um i mean i know we all like know the story because we've all seen the movies and stuff you know before reading the book but i don't know i felt like like yeah you know it's cool that it had like a sort of happy ending but i also feel like he could have been like Well, screw this. I'm just going to keep being me. (laughs) Mm Because I feel like there's so many people like that now. Like, people make them recognize all the bad things that they do. Mm -hmm. So, I feel like, you know, reading it and they're showing him all this stuff. And, obviously, you could see him change. But I also feel like Charles Dickens could have totally flipped it, too. Like, just by, like, well, it's just because, you know, people, that the whole thing is, like, people don't change. Mm -hmm. Like that. Yep. Like, even after seeing that. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess, and, and look at me, I'm just like a, a big dark cloud over here. I'm just like, it could have just had a bad ending well,
1: instead of a good ending. But no, 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 to, to your point, <laughs> that is actually what kind of annoys me about this book. And mm-hmm. I get it. It's fiction. However, people don't change.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what I was like trying to say, because I feel like,
1: would he have changed that quick? No unless unless you know what um people who have near-death experiences right often like okay good example my doctor put the fear of god into me earlier this year because my cholesterol was so high and my Mm -hmm. blood pressure was so high and he said you need to stop eating like shit and actually get on a treadmill or you're gonna die young like the rest of your family that scared me enough to be like okay i'm changing my diet i'm going vegan and now i've done it for almost a year And I've been running at least three and a half miles a day. And sometimes I do a second run in the mornings. And if not run in the mornings, then I walk in the mornings for several miles. So it's like that kind of stuff. Like the, it takes some big catastrophic event, like your doctor saying, you're going to have a heart attack by 50 Mm -hmm. if you don't figure this out.
0: But I feel like he didn't have that really. he like, didn't i mean like they showed him dead mm-hmm. which i feel like that is kind of a push to like put him in the right direction but it's like he didn't It didn't really happen
1: well i think that the, like i don't i don't know i get what you're saying and to that point showing him dead we, we're all gonna die someday like it's, right. it's a short trip life has an expiration date we're all gonna be dust and ash at mm-hmm. some point this does not go on forever now i think what scared him was everybody that was one like his laundry lady that was rooting around through his clothes and stuff and taking all of his money and oh that was so great like oh girl but that's also like that kind of stuff freaks me out so that's why i told jared you know whenever i die take my wedding ring at least because like let's face it i'm going before him and (laughs) bitches his his great grandmother lived to be 101 His other, one of his other grand, great grandmothers lived to be 99. Uh, His mom's mom made it to 83. Grandpa, unfortunately, is in the hospital with COVID right now and would have been, if he makes it will be 88 at the end of this month and his grandma's other grandma is 83 so i was like wow jared's gonna be around forever i will be gone <laughs> long before but i was like take my wedding ring do not bury me in anything valuable because people will just steal it yep um it's true so it happens like between seeing that and I've then seeing it <laughs> and then see it, it happens and then seeing uh the people that were rejoicing when he died yeah that was the big, okay. So everybody's going to be real happy when I'm gone. So, mm-hmm. but you know, it's also the like the Christian ideology of heaven and hell because mm-hmm. this is just a different version of hell. It's you're having to carry around briefcases and bars and chains that weigh you down for all of eternity. Yeah. It's like another version of torture, it's another version of hell. So, it's like, do you. It, and that's the piece that I struggle with. I know a lot of really amazing Christians, but I also know some that should be going to church more than they are. And <laughs> no shade, but I see some of your Facebook posts. Y'all need Jesus. <laughs> I, I'm i sorry. Um, that's why I've been going to church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You've been going for other reasons, girl. <clears throat> Water. <laughs>
0: Man, I need a drink break. Um, <laughs> Um,
1: You know, do you do you do the right thing because it's the right thing or do you do the right thing because you're afraid of some sort of reprisal? It's like the people that don't take their shopping carts back. Do you leave it in the parking lot? There's no law that says that you have to take it back. Nope. But given the choice of doing the right thing and taking it back so that someone doesn't have to chase your damn shopping cart. I put my cart back. I always take my cart back. Always, always, always even and, in and a if pandemic I, and if
0: i don't like i at least will put it somewhere so it's not like in everybody's way unlike the people who will just leave it in a parking spot oh it's so dumb like there's a <laughs>
1: special place in hell for the people that don't put their <laughs> shopping so that you back. have to
0: get out of your car mm-hmm. and move it i am not one of those people but yes. like if i just happen to have like a really really lazy day I will make sure it's out of everybody's way yes, (laughs) and easy for somebody to grab it if they need to. Yes. To put it back.
1: So that's my thing. Like for, (laughs) like with the shopping cart ideology, Mm -hmm. do you put it back or do you take it back because it's the right thing to do? Not because it's law, but because it is the right thing to do as being a good human or... Do you just leave it because there's no repercussions? Well, for Scrooge, he saw that there would be repercussions for the way that he's treated people because Marley came back and warned him. Mm -hmm. So now does that diminish like a more philosophical conversation? Does that now diminish those good deeds? Because he is very selfishly trying to undo all of the harm that he did so that he has a more pleasant afterlife. There it is. How does it, how does this work? I, I don't know. I said what I said. I said what I said.
0: <laughs> and that's like, you know, basically what I was just surprised at. Because I just, you know, just like we are saying, people just don't change like that. Like, yes, you make small changes, but I don't feel like your whole personality and all that, like your whole being changes. Not you overnight. Just, you just change certain things that you do.
1: Yes. Because, you know. Let's face it. Minor lifestyle changes. Change is hard. It is. It is hard, especially if you've got... We all have trauma. Our Mm -hmm. parents have all fucked us up in some way, shape, or form. Some more so than others. Some less than others. (laughs) We've all lived through trauma. Mm -hmm. So anybody going into therapy knows that it's really painful to unpack a lot of that. (laughs) Yep. It's painful, but... And it's easier just to sit and go on about your normal way as opposed to making those life changes and learning to do things in a different manner. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, fun question. Yes. What zodiac signs? I was waiting for this one. Yeah. What, what zodiac <laughs> signs do you think? Let's do Scrooge and Fred and, um- oh, 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 and Bob Cratchit. What do you think their zodiac signs are? <laughs>
0: okay fred (sighs) i have to say fred kind of reminds me of a cancer yeah or no no i'm gonna take that
1: back no yeah keep it i feel like fred might be an aquarius i feel like he might be like me uh Well because okay. No, because you're not the annoying office person. <laughs> no, I'm like I'm the Aquarius that's not an Aquarius. <laughs> I, exactly. I was like, but wait, but I mean I happen to have been born look, I'm gonna look in an up. Aquarius. But Aquarians are very typically like more outgoing. Um they're more carefree. They typically like to have a lot more fun. I mean, that part's true. I don't know if I'd classify myself as carefree. I'm actually pretty neurotic. <laughs> I, I can't
0: see you. Okay. I'm not lying. So I just searched this on Google. I said the most annoying zodiac sign. <laughs> and they came up with, it says, what zodiac signs are annoying? Capricorn. Capricorn. Okay. it says they annoy people with their practicality and efficiency they tend to push people a lot for having productivity and long-term results
1: peanuts a capricorn and none of that applies to her
0: also there's a leo always need a, a lot of attention and oh, always want to be in the spotlight that's Fred. That's there Fred. it is okay here's a leo we got it agreed okay. Yeah, okay. i like this <laughs>
1: uh bob bob cratchit i feel like is a taurus oh yeah bob cratchit is me yes he
0: hard is. working and even though like you are so tired and you're just burnt out but you're still fucking going yep
1: yep yep i am bob cratchit you said the f word and i'm not editing oh it i'm out. sorry why are you apologizing i've <laughs> said it four times already
0: <laughs> you know when it just like it it just comes out
1: <laughs> savage brie for the win
0: yeah i am bob cratchit
1: i also think that uh, i'm
0: the overworked person
1: (laughs) you are i I also think that um scrooge is a virgo agree because they're um a little more stingy with money to any of my virgo friends this is not any reflection on how i feel about you personally just (laughs) the the typical traits of a virgo they're a little bit stingier with money Mm -hmm. they are very hardworking. Um, they are pretty reliable, and Scrooge was there every single day and didn't even want to take Christmas Day off. Um, they're also, they can be a little critical and a little stubborn, so I feel yes. like Scrooge is probably a Virgo. But we love you. Mm-hmm. But Virgos, we still love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then let's talk a little bit about some of the themes. Oh, yes. Um, Obviously, there are the classic themes of forgiveness and redemption oh yeah because that's all over oh yeah because (laughs) scrooge's whole family forgives him okay so let's talk about that you cannot in one night like one i'm sorry i know that's (laughs) does not negate decades of verbal abuse but
0: also and i'm only saying this I know I'm working on the new Brie, but the old Brie would have been like,
1: okay, I oh, forgive 100%, you. You wouldn't have even ask them to say sorry. You would have just nope. dealt with it. Yep. And I love you. I'm but- like,
0: oh, you're, you're apologizing. Oh, okay. But you didn't do anything. So it's fine. No,
1: it's all good. It's okay. So-
0: <laughs> but that's what I was getting it to the point earlier. It was my fault. <laughs> oh, God change is good people just letting you know (laughs) change is so good (laughs) but i mean i also agree to your point with that like he just came over with all this like oh here's a big turkey and all this stuff like i think if (laughs) the new brie would have been like
1: are you high yeah what are you on right now you drunk can i have some of it because it's some good shit can i help you right (laughs) who are you what have you done with scrooge you just showed up
0: to my house (laughs) (laughs) we're super poor
1: right (laughs) because of you not paying me thanks for the raise though (laughs) right at the very end (laughs) right (laughs) well and i (sighs) while i <laughs> i do support forgiving people not for their sake but for your own and i don't yeah. even know if it's if forgiveness is the right term it's learning to let go and forgiveness <laughs> sorry <laughs> <The> forgiveness <laughs> um, but learning to let go of the things that you have no control over and being okay and moving on with the fact that you never got an apology that you deserved Mm -hmm. if that is forgiveness then okay um but i I, preach girl but to me (laughs) sorry you can't just come back to somebody and say hey i know i was a complete asshole for 30 years or 20 years whatever however old fred is and then great, come on in, have dinner, like, no, no, I need to see some consistency, right, you can't just, like,
0: <laughs> like, that's what I was saying, I need to know, is there, is there an epilogue somewhere, I need to know right? what happened after, right. did he say the same? Or did he just go back? Well, and to the, being like a horrible person. Well, I
1: think like the last line of the book is, you know, he became a good man and a good blah blah, and, and it alludes to the fact that he lived a he lived a full life being a changed man. Um, now good but we for, don't really know that, right? <laughs> when it's not in a fantasy world, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And then obviously, we also have the criticism of wealth versus poverty in Victorian England, particularly (sighs) right around the time of the Industrial Revolution. They had it
0: rough, man. Dude,
1: there was no OSHA. (laughs) There was nobody
0: regulating. I mean, you could Mm -hmm. tell, too, like just how descriptive he was of how they were living. Uh, I was just like, Jesus. Well,
1: and hearing Martha, who was working long long Mm -hmm. hours as a young woman at a factory and she was just so excited to have the day after christmas off so that she could sleep amen to that girl girl." that's why i'm taking
0: time off right like sleep if you call me and i don't answer i might be (laughs) sleep
1: i'm just letting (laughs) you know (laughs) i told my neighbor on our walk this morning that i'm gonna take a nap (laughs) on one of my days off she's like what was the last time we took a nap i'm like i don't know i was (laughs) like what is a nap What is this nap concept? What is that? I don't know what it is. Oh, (laughs) kids. If we have any children listening and your parents are making you take naps, please don't fight it. It's wonderful. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts. Because when you get older, (laughs) guess what? You want There's no
0: more nap times. No. It's you just wake up really early Mm -hmm. to go to school and then you stay there all day and then you come home, you do homework. You get to eat some good dinner if you know your parents are good cooks and then you go to bed and you do it all over again yeah and hopefully you get some sleep if you finish your homework on time yeah so good luck yeah <laughs> i have no sleep no
1: also um for the most part nobody cares where you went to college so don't kill yourself trying to get into a crazy good Ain't school the truth. state school's fine 95% of the time no one cares where we went to college. And
0: I honestly wish I would have just stayed here.
1: Well and it's like why did I kill myself? Why mm-hmm. did I Why did I kill myself trying to get into a good private school yep. that I couldn't afford mm-hmm. and I didn't get enough financial aid to cover mm-hmm. my tuition and my poor mother was a single parent so she couldn't afford it. So I ended up going to a state school anyway. And guess what? I'm fine. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I went out of state. That was kind of a mistake. But
1: anyway, it's so expensive. It's I mean it's all expensive. I mean I learned a lot. Anyway, I'm I'm done complaining about college. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: But back to poverty. Back <laughs> back to
1: why we're poor.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: poor. Help me. Help I'm me poor. poor. <laughs> um, the main the, the obviously you know other than redemption and forgiveness, the other big theme from this story is about time and how it's. Yep chasing after all of us Mm -hmm. the one thing that i learned from everyone in my family dying young is you can always make more money you can't make more time i love it every
0: time you say that
1: it is the only truly finite resource yep that we have and every, I, I had a guy at work argue with me on it was like no because well if i'm not getting a raise and i'm like you you're going to as long as you're working you're going to continue to make a paycheck of some sort i'm not saying it's one you're gonna like right but you can always find a way to have a revenue stream there's no way that you can get that time back so every minute that you waste being angry being upset being bitter um Wasting time doing things that you don't like on people that you don't like, which is why I don't see my family (laughs) very often. (laughs) I love my mom. My mom's great. I love and adore my mom, but Uh, everyone else kind of drives me crazy. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah. Don't don't waste your time. That is the most precious resource you have. Don't Mm -hmm. waste your time on shit that you don't want to do, on things that you don't like, and people who don't deserve it. But... While you're here, uh-huh. Be a decent person. Yeah. It's not hard. Like basic human decency. Wave, say hello, give people the benefit of the doubt. That kind of stuff. But just do
0: that. Don't go above and beyond like I do. Oh, no, <sighs> cuz people
1: will exploit it.
0: Mhm. Learn from me.
1: Find the <laughs> find the good friends, the true good friends. Hold on to them. Don't let them yes. go. Yes.
0: Don't don't be like Ebenezer Scrooge. No. Cause well, now he realizes this, but you know. Yes. Anyway. Yes.
1: <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, man. That's the Christmas carol. Um you can read it it's very short uh it won't take you very long you can listen to it on audible again it's only four hours or if you live under a rock and you have lived under a rock since the 1800s <laughs> then or 1843 to be exact um <laughs> then you can watch any of the many film adaptations there have been everything from george c scott has done it i watched ha- that one that one's good Patrick, You know what? The Patrick Stewart one I really, really love. Yes. The Patrick Stewart one is great because he does all kinds of theater and you can tell. Um, there is a Mickey's Christmas Carol. The Muppets have done a Christmas yes, Carol. Yes, I was just going
0: to say, there's a Muppets Christmas Carol. And I
1: just watched it with Daniella when we made latkes.
0: Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's,
1: it was great. Um, so please check out one of the many awesome versions there's even the guy pierce version that's real dark oh yeah on fx oh my god it was so dark i will i
0: will i will let you know it's very it's long but um don't try to watch it when you're tired no (laughs) just just throwing that out there you'll go to sleep and not saying that it's boring but it's just it's dark there's just things you kind of have to pay attention to
1: and um trigger warning there are depictions of yep uh there are consent issues Mm -hmm. um there is manipulation Mm -hmm. there is um pedophilia Mm -hmm. so trigger warnings for anybody also i feel like somewhat accurate to the time i don't think you're wrong okay i just yeah I don't think you're wrong, but that's why I kind of
0: feel like they went that direction. But anyway,
1: yeah, it was, man, it was dark, but you know, I really liked, uh, they had Alibaba in there Mm -hmm. and Alibaba was the ghost of Christmas past. It was great. Yes. That, that piece I liked. It was really well done. It was beautifully filmed. It was just, it made my skin crawl. It was dark. Yeah. I kind of liked it. I I, I, I liked it. Once I got through it. (laughs) I I liked it. It was just real tough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that concludes our episode today.
0: Yes, and our next book club book that we're going to be reading—that's oh, right—is Lovecraft Country. Yay! By uh, wait, I'm sorry, Matthew Ruff. <laughs> Yay! Um, we watched the series on HBO, so we got curious about the book. Yes. So.
1: Yes. Follow
0: along with us if you'd like yes and we also love to hear from you so if there's any other books that you're interested in reading and want us to join with you please email us at thesquoggles at gmail.com and we also have a contact form on our website at www.thesquoggles.com
1: you can also get a link to our merch store from that same link on our website get your stocking stuffers your dog is cold (laughs) Why are you stealing my
0: commercial? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, your dog is cold.
0: <laughs> but seriously, though, it's cold outside,
1: doggy. It's cold outside. Do we have hoodies? Outside. We should add
0: hoodies. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but I can add them. Look, there we go. We might have hoodies.
1: Okay, we're gonna we're gonna have hoodies. they like, an in hour case you're or two. cold
0: too. Maybe not. Maybe you and your dog can get matching hoodies.
1: Cause it's sweater weather.
0: <laughs> it's a nice day for a light sweater <laughs> you didn't see that meme before no and he's like it's a
1: nice day for a cardigan oh my god
0: stop <laughs> that's always how we're gonna sing that but it's here funny. here
1: i am just thinking that the uh the <laughs> blinding lights dance is the greatest thing ever he's doing it and freaking out peanut dog <laughs>
0: But yes yeah, so and don't forget to like us on Facebook and on Instagram and rate and review us wherever you listen to our podcast yes
1: please yeah. uh creeper reel and we'll scare you later bye 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 happy holidays we got one more before the holidays oh but that's okay happy holidays anyway happy holidays hey, bye <laughs>